Good morning. Glad you're here this morning to worship with us. Uh, today's message is going to be a little different. It's going to have a little different format. Uh, I want to take the time to update you on some progress that we've made with some forward motion things that we're doing here at Church of the Valley. Then we're going to hear from uh, ben Montgomery and Jeep Underwood. We're going to do an interview with them. We've done this kind of thing before. Uh, we call them series What I Live For. And we have um, looked at and heard from the lives of some of the laymen in the congregation as to what really gets them going in ministry and as God uses their lives. So we're going to hear from them in a little bit. And then I want to look over and talk about what to expect and how we can all pitch in to help with what we're working through as a congregation right now. And so today's message is sort of a combo. It's, it's going to be like a message and it's going to be partial family meeting, like sitting around. See, we have a table here. It's like the kitchen table and we're sitting around the kitchen table and Randy's telling you some things that are going on and uh, what's happening. And then, and then we're going to hear from some guys. And so I sort of feel like Johnny Carson. Anybody know who Johnny Carson was, you know? I say Johnny Carson. Jay, Jay, Jay Leno took his place. But uh, anyway, this is what we're going to do this morning. It should be really fun. I think you'll get a lot out of it. But the way life and ministry works, uh, the future unfolds as you follow God's lead. It unfolds one step at a time. As you, as you take the first step, the second step, the future unfolds. Now, we would prefer to see beginning and end, but we cannot. God's the only one that can see the whole picture. We take the step in front of us, and the future begins to unfold. At Church in the Valley, we're in the middle of taking a giant step forward in the next several months. We're multiplying Church in the Valley by adding a campus in Alhambra. And you may be wondering why. Why are we doing that? We, don't we have a good thing going here? And we do. We really do. And that's one of the reasons we're doing it. Uh, God's been very good to us. I really love the congregation he's put together. He, the way church works is he, he brings people around. He draws people to the church. And we just work with him to include them as, as he's working in the lives of people. Uh, But the reason we're not going to stay the way we are is that one aspect of our core mission is to help our family and friends come to know Christ. And so we think this is an essential step. Adding the campus, multiplying into the campus in Alhambra is an essential step to take in order to reach our friends and family in the West San Gabriel Valley. Uh, Our teams, we have teams of people who try to work together to help others come to know Christ and reach out and share him in their areas. And they've had a difficult time bringing their friends and family uh, from the West San Gabriel Valley area. Uh, it's, it's kind of a trek. It wouldn't be quite a trek if we didn't have the traffic situation that we do in Southern California. But some have made the trek. I'm grateful for that. But many of friends and family won't go past the 605 freeway. It's like a mental barrier in their mind. Here's a Google map that shows a picture of where our members are and therefore where their friends and family are and their neighborhoods. Um, This is kind of fun. You'll notice when we add the campus in Alhambra, we'll have the westernmost cities 
covered in, in the westernmost part of San Gabriel Valley, and we're in the easternmost part of San Gabriel Valley here in Diamond Bar. So that's kind of fun. But you can see that's a challenge for reaching out and helping people have a convenient location for them to go to worship and connect with a, a congregation. And so the reason we're doing what we're doing is evangelism is our centerpiece. Evangelism just means sharing the good news about Jesus. You might hear that word and start to shake and wonder what that means. But really it just means uh, share, sharing Christ and helping others get to know him. So everything we do at CIV is arranged around that centerpiece. Like you arrange the table around a centerpiece. You don't eat the centerpiece, but you put the plates and the forks and the knives around it. And so that's, that's what we've arranged everything around, helping others come to know Christ, hoping that they'll decide to follow him as well, and then help them grow up in him. Healthy living things multiply. Things like flowers, fish, human beings, the cells in our bodies. Healthy things multiply. This is the way... God has made life to work. And you find out in Scripture that the body, the church is a body. It's a living thing. And healthy living things multiply. And God's been very good to us. And we want to include as many people as possible in what's going on at Church in the Valley, the people that God has chosen for us, and he's led us to this point. So we're adding a campus and going to, through some trouble to do so. So that we can try to include more people in what, what God's doing and fulfill the mission he's given us and to take the next step that he's shown us to take. We're adding a campus versus planting a church with an aim to multiply and maintain the same DNA that we have. Every church, every, every group has a, a DNA that has a core values and a mission that we're trying to accomplish. We have our own, you know, churches take different personalities, but we, we have a DNA here at Church in the Valley, and we want to provide an umbrella for training and support for the new campus in terms of overall leadership, training, things like administrative support that will allow the campus to focus on the core aspects of the mission in their area. And so this this decision has unfolded over the past few years. Uh, in following the Lord, this is how it works. The future for Church of Valley, we as a group, I'm the leader. What I try to do is try to figure out what God wants us to do and take the next step. And the future unfolds for the congregation as, as well in this way. And so I want to walk you through the recent history of this decision just to give you some background. Uh, the advisory team, who is a group that I'm responsible to primarily here at Church of the Valley, and we discuss what's going on, we pray over matters, we talk things through, and then... I set the direction for church life out of those conversations. We've been wrestling uh, the, about the best way to deal with this geographical challenge that we have for the past three or four years, probably longer than that really, but sort of consistently we've talked about it, prayed about it. And last summer, in July 2011, we, we decided, okay, it's time to move forward on thinking about how to how to whether or not we should plant a campus in Alhambra in that area, or actually uh, Alhambra, Monterey Park, Montebello, the whole area there. Um, and so we felt like, okay, it's time to move forward on this, share the idea with the leaders, talk about the potential expansion, and see what they think about it as well. Well, in November 2011, we did that. We talked to the core leaders, 
And they received the idea with an incredible amount of enthusiasm. I was kind of shocked. But uh, actually, several of them thanked me for coming, just even presenting the idea. That's how, that's how well it was received. In the end of, November, or end of February 2012, then this year, we met with all the leaders, groups, teams, kids ministry, etc., more enthusiasm. I'm kind of surprised by this, frankly, as we're rolling along. This doesn't generally happen in groups of people when you're talking about a major change to have that kind of enthusiasm. Usually there's resistance. There's about 10% that are early adopters, 80% that are slower, and 10% they aren't going to change no matter what. And it was all very enthusiastic. End of March 2012 this year, we met with the members. seems to make sense to them. So we formed a strategy team of key leaders in the East San Gabriel Valley and the West San Gabriel Valley, and we've, I've been working closely with this team as I make decisions and as we make decisions and set plans for the new campus. Now, here's an update on where we are at this moment in time. I want to catch everybody up on this. Here's the, the progress that we've made. At our first meeting, strategy team had a sense that it was a go, just from the feedback we'd received from Everyone, as we've talked things over, it seemed like this is a go. This seems like the direction that God wants us to, do, to, to go. So we, we confirmed the direction, and we hit the go button. There's the go button. <laughs> now, I want to make sure that you understand that's not the easy button. This is the easy button. Okay, it, it, It's not the easy button. I don't know. I, I see those ads. And I know there is no easy button. They're going to sell me stuff that are going to create more work for me. It's not really an easy. It's the go button. We hit the go button. So, so far, we've been working things through, trying to sort things out. And uh, one of the key quests that we were on is trying to find a worship location. So we, we, after we set the grand opening date for the new campus as February 17, 2013, which seems like a long way off, until you back up to the first monthly preview of October 7th. So beginning October 7th, we're going to have monthly previews in that area. And um, that means it's coming upon us, not, not very far away. We've contracted with our number one choice for a worship location, which was Keppel High. We surveyed the area. It looked like the best place to be. Uh, we, we have a contract to meet there beginning October 7th monthly and then weekly uh, February 17th, actually February 10th, which is our last preview. We've created an organizational structure with the big buckets and the key leaders in place. And God's blessed us uh, with $25,000 from the North American Mission Board, who's a part of the denomination we're tied to, that is going to help with startup costs. I would estimate our startup cost equipment kids' equipment, sound equipment, all that kind of stuff, events, uh, outreach that we want to do. I'm guessing the startup costs are going to be around 75000 We only have, I'd say, three-quarters of the work done on that. We're at about fifty-five or sixty right now on what it's going to cost, so I'm guessing 75000 Usually, uh, they estimate the cost of a campus launch at $250,000 over three years for the startup and ongoing costs. If you're going to start a church like we started in Orangecrest, it's, they estimate around 400000 over three years. But God is providing 
and moving hearts, and it's obvious that he's, he's in what we're doing. That's how it goes as well. You take the step, and then God confirms, yeah, you got it right. <laughs> and at this point, it looks like uh, this is what God's into for sure. And more importantly than all that I've talked about before is God has led two men to step up and take major roles in the new campus. We have two key leaders that have stepped up to carry major loads of responsibility in the area. And this is also confirmation as to the fact that God's been moving in the hearts of people to accomplish what he once done in, in the Alhambra campus area in the West San Gabriel Valley. So I'd like to ask Ben Montgomery and Jeep Underwood to come up. Uh, they've stepped up to bear a great deal of the responsibility. Ben is coming on half-time. He's coming on staff half-time, and he's going to be our campus pastor in that area at Alhambra campus, and Jeep is going to serve as the ministry team's director for uh, Sunday mornings. It will make Sunday morning, the team, all the teams that make Sunday morning and the events happen, Jeep's going to lead that effort. And so I'd like you to hear from them on what it is they live for this morning as they, as they share their hearts with us and, and clue us into some things. So I'd, I'd like first, before we get into the interview, if you guys just share, well, I guess this is part of the interview, it can be part of it. Um, what, do you, what do you do for work? Uh, ben, Ben's working at a full-time job. He's adding a half-time job, so he's working time and a half, and uh, he's really stretching for this. But what do you do on your, your other job? Sure. Um, <laughs> I work at Disney in the TV animation group, and I work on a show called Tron Uprising. It's a new show. We appreciate your support. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm the production secretary, so I, I'm sort of in the middle. It's a very small but hopefully helpful uh, linchpin with uh, all the different people who work on the show. Yeah, it's a that that's ten, tends to be a role that there's a lot of potential promotion step up places from right Ben or yeah I, I you meet everybody so with hard work and and the right attitude hopefully there's some hopefully, good possibilities yeah. there yeah yeah God's in charge of those but that's that's true okay Jeep uh, basically I, I work with the Army Corps of Engineers. And we essentially make water go downhill. So we, it's flood control. So uh, we just try to get the flood out of town without hurting anybody. Uh, my job is I'm, I'm a program manager, uh, which just means uh, I'm, in, I'm in charge of the, uh, the civil works construction in Southern California. So basically if something happens between here and San Diego and something doesn't go well, it's my fault. So... <laughs> Uh, I got a few project managers that work for me, and then I handle a couple projects on my own, and uh, that's basically what I'm doing right now, just trying to make projects happen. All right. And I, I have a little backstory. I'm going to pull this out of Jeep. I don't think he'd throw it out there, but uh, Jeep, uh, his boss just was promoted, and he was offered a temporary position at the next higher level and uh, has decided to turn that down. And I'd like you to just walk us through that decision. Uh, what, what would have been the role that you would have stepped into? He, he was given the role temporarily and then decided to pull his name out of the ring for consideration for the promotion. What, what was the role? Uh, the role, his, his, uh, his job was basically, he's in charge of all the civil works construction in Southern California, Southern Nevada, and Arizona. So okay. if anything happened, it was his fault. So. <laughs> the last month and a half, it was my fault. But, so. so you stepped into that role for yeah, a month I, and a half. I did. I drove that around the block, and uh, <clears throat> and it was uh, definitely 
definitely interesting. Yeah, yeah. And so you've decided to pull your your hat uh, out of that ring. What what was the driving factor behind that? How'd that decision come about? Well, I was really trying to decide. Really trying to decide, um, just capacity wise. You know, would I have the capacity of handling that executive position and uh, be a part of the help lead the the church launch? I was praying about it, just really thinking it through and uh, talking with a few folks. And then I, uh, one day I was at work and there was this cascade of emails that came from our Washington headquarters uh, in D.C. and then from San Francisco. And then there was people coming from above, uh, below. And then there was some lateral things that I was supposed to do. And it just kind of hit. And I remember just, it was just a lot going on there. And, and then I had some things that, some emails that came in from, uh, church, you know, some of the things that we needed to nail down for the teams for the new uh, campus. And it just got, as I was looking at my computer screen, it just became very clear to me. I think God just made it very clear. It's like this or that. It's, it just, you know, God knows me. He knows my capacity. And he just made it very clear that it was this or that. And so I decided that, you know, I, I wanted to be a part of really, you know, making an impact. And then when we went to the Wisdom Conference, it really solidified that. Uh, Harold had that quote from uh, some British dignitary. He was 88 years old, and in the preface of his autobiography, he lists all these things he did in his career, and very major things, and he said he could have played ping pong for 50 years and had the same impact. And I thought, well, see, ping pong or impact? I, you know, I, I, wanna, <laughs> I, would, uh, I would rather, rather do something that makes a difference. Hmm. That's great. Well, Ben, what would you, you can start out with this question, and we'll have both you guys answer it. But what what does your heart race for in terms of God's purpose, His mission for the church, for church life, and for your life as well? What 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 makes you go? Uh, I, I love the phrase "epic search and rescue," and this idea that we need to be rescued, and then we get to be a part of the rescue mission. And I, and I love movies and books, so sometimes there will be a scene of, of fear or, or suffering or, or you know, some kind of pain, and, and it reminds me that this is happening for real all around us. You know, in the physical realm, we can see it more quickly, but in the spiritual realm as well, people in bondage crying out. And when I cried out, Jesus broke through into the mess I was in and, and led me to safety. And he, he uh, said, you're going to be okay. And he bound up my wounds, and then he equipped me to be part of the mission. So I, I just I get really fired up with that. Um, I think of meeting friends of friends in, in heaven. You, know, you, you get introduced to Jesus and follow him, and your eternity is secure. And you get there, and just imagine you meet family and friends, and what an amazing reunion that is. But then just imagine you meet someone you've never met before, and they say, oh, I've wanted to meet you, and thank you. Remember that friend all those years ago that you introduced to Jesus? He did the same for me, and I'm here. Or somebody comes up and says, thank you so much for the time you gave to my son. As I watched Jesus change his life, it really made an impact on me, and God changed my destiny because of that. So that's exciting. I, I, I don't feel very good at that. I'm timid and selfish, but I hope that as God helps me to take advantage of the opportunities that he gives me, that his love will ripple out into many, many lives through that. And um, it really all swirls around Jesus. The idea that I could actually be friends with Jesus, 
with the mess that I have inside and, and the fact that he sees it right there but doesn't turn away. He says, I like you. You can, you know, I can use you if you follow me. And the idea that the king would put his arm around me and say, let's go. There's work for you with your, with, uh, your name on it, and I will never leave you alone. I'll be there as you do it. Um, that gets my heart going. That's great. Jeep, what, what's your heart raised for in this, in this well, way? I just put it simply, just that other people would find what I found. I think, uh, you know, just that they would come to know God for who he really is and that they would really uh, let him impact their life by walking with him throughout their lives. You know, just uh, I, I started walking with God uh, truly about 18 years ago, and my life has just never been the same. And there's things that I'm, there's things that I'm able to handle now that uh, 18 years ago I just can't even imagine handling. I remember, you know, the kind of I remember hearing some guys uh, dealing with different cities and counties at work. You know, talking about setting up deals for making projects happen. And I, I remember these things I would never tell anybody, but I remember thinking in my in my heart, man, I can't imagine ever having that kind of confidence to talk to the head of the flood control district of a county and talk to him with authority and conviction. And, and then about eight years after that, about ten years ago, I was on the phone with a county flood control district and a city negotiated a deal for a project we were going to do, and it dawned on me that I was doing the very thing that I'd heard him doing. And it's just what I what I found is that over time, just walking with God, God just develops you, and he increases your capacity as you become more and more convinced that you're not on your own, hmm. and you're able to handle a lot more because uh, what it looks like from the outside is that you're handling a lot more, but what's really going on is it's you and God taking care of things. Hmm. And uh, there's a verse in... Psalm 71 that just says, you, I have become a marvel to many, for you are my strong refuge. Hmm. You know, it's just, so anyway, that's, the other people would tap into that. That's great. Um, you know, God uses people, uh, challenges, circumstances to shape us and to prepare us for life and ministry. And uh, Ben, would you share with us uh, some of the people God's used in your life? Who has he used and circumstances, challenges? What, what kinds of things have God been using primarily to prepare you for yeah. what we're walking through right now? Well, there's so many people to be thankful for, that's for sure. Um, just one specific story related to the, the multiplication. I, I, um, when I got to USC about 12 years ago, I had only a really vague idea of what it looked like to invest in somebody else. Um, and I was too proud, so I really was suspicious of anybody having an influence on me. This is my life. Um, but there was a man named Neil Walker. Some of you may know him um, on campus. And, uh, I think most of the world knows yeah. Neil. <laughs> he, he spent time with me. He uh, encouraged me. He answered questions when I had them. He met me right where I was at. And over time, I began to see that investment as more and more and more precious. Uh, Randy's done the same thing for me for many years. And those guys have really shaped my, my picture of what life can be about. You know, I, I want to be able to give to other guys what they've given to me. And I get really charged up for the multiplication in part because I think it represents an opportunity for all of us more than ever 
to make those kind of investments in people and then to really see the blessings that follow from that. Um, in terms of circumstances and challenges, you know, there have been some times of real sadness in my life. Every, everybody has them, and I, I think God's brought them into better perspective, and so hopefully I'm able to identify with others better in that and be more of a help. And uh, the challenges of uh, raising a family and being involved with things here have really stretched me and grown me. Um, in circumstances, God has really arranged my life and my my career path in a, in a winding, very unpredictable way. I could never have predicted it ahead of time. Uh, it's been a funny combination of very natural next steps, but also big changes, which is part of what we're doing here. It's a big, it's a big change, but, but very natural as well. And, uh, you know, one little specific thing about that. A couple of years ago, I was looking for work, and it was really a difficult time for me. I wrestled a lot with self-doubt, with uh, even some depression. And um, God provided everything we needed through that and helped me to develop in some areas that would have been left unnoticed otherwise if in easier circumstances. Um, and he showed me that my best on my own, like, like Jeep was saying, is, is not enough. That's a crucial life lesson for me. I have to be with him as he leads me forward. Um, and then he also showed me that, that faithfulness is the measure and that no matter what my circumstances are, I can choose to be faithful. Um, always a, a hard choice, but it's there for me. Um, so that's, that's been a really, those were difficult times looking back, but also really valuable. And then at the end of it, he gave me the job that I have now, which uh, I won't go into the details, but it's a really amazing fit. God has really provided in a, a whole number of wonderful ways through that. So That's great. Jeep, how about you? I would, uh, you know, there's been a lot, a lot of people that have helped me over the years, uh, yourself being one of them. Uh, but I, I would just, I just mention just a, a few. Uh, my dad, you know, just uh, growing up, I, I started work uh, when I was about eight years old, working 40-hour uh, weeks uh, over the summer. Uh, that just seemed kind of normal because that's what my dad did. And uh, I was the cleanup guy. So, uh, you know, they, they were building three houses at the time. And when they would work in one, and they'd be working, I'd just kind of rotate through the houses. By the time I got done with the third house, the first one was all messed up again. So that was basically my career uh, was cleanup. And uh, it was good. But anyway, I, so I, I worked with them like every summer just like that all the way till I left home. And uh, one thing, as I watched my dad shoulder responsibility and plan, organize, and lead men to accomplish the construction work that we're doing, it, over time it just became just normative to me. I just, I just, I just knew that what men do is they shoulder responsibility and they, and they, and they lead out and they make things happen. So it's just kind of a, just kind of the way I grew up. Uh, and then my mom, uh, she she always had just had a real love for God and for the scriptures. And even though I didn't really connect real well to that till later in life. Uh, I always knew that that was going to play a role. I just always knew that that was going to be a big part of what it, my life was going to be about. And then uh, when I was 26, I uh, graduated college. Uh, it only took me seven years to get my four-year degree. And uh, <laughs> so I graduated college. I moved to L.A. And I started, I got connected to a, a campus ministry at USC. And uh, and I met I met a guy named Neil Walker. And uh, <laughs> uh, one thing, you know, I spent a lot of time one-on-one -on -one with Neil, a lot of time watching him lead, watching, being a part of 
ministry team over and then on staff after a while. And one thing, I, one thing I learned, or just a few quick things that I learned from Neil was, one is just how to walk with God in adult arenas. You know, there's just, you're involved with a lot of things, a lot of people, and there's a lot of important things going on. How do you walk with God in the midst of that? Uh, another thing would just be how to pass on things I'm learning to other people. How do you make it make sense to other people? I learned learned a lot about that. And then just uh, how, how do you dig principles out of the Scripture and then put them in the, uh, apply them to everyday life? That's something I saw him do a lot and something I, I've learned how to do and I'm still learning how to do. So that was something that really made a difference to me. And then I'd have to just say my wife, Kate, she has, a, she has to be one of the most kind, compassionate, caring people that I've ever met. And... You know, my you know growing up with my dad and my uncles, those were values, but they were kind of lower <laughs> on, the, on, the, on the list. Uh, clear communication was real high, but uh, I never had to worry how I was doing. But uh, but anyway, it was just been really good. You know, I've known Kate for 19 years, and we've been married for 16. But she's she just really has rubbed off, and I, a lot of her perspective and her care about people has really rubbed off on me. That's great. That's great. What scripture passages are an encouragement to you that help you stay on track, and uh, how do they help you with that? Ben, would you share with us? Yeah, um, I, I wrestle all the time with, with pride and with laziness or passivity. You can choose either of those words. It's, it's all mixed in. It's just an ongoing thing, and I'm pretty sure it will be my whole life. And so um, some verses that really help with that include um, Luke 17.10, where Jesus is talking about the difference between a servant, and the master. And he says, so you also, when you've done everything you were told to do, should say, we are unworthy servants. We have only done our duty. Uh, That's very helpful for me, and I I feel like that's a verse in particular that God over the last maybe six months or so has really helped to give me a better perspective on. Um, Another one is Psalm 115.1. Not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory because of your love and faithfulness. What I'm tempted to pull attention to myself, um, make it about me. And that, that verse, just repeating it, being reminded of it, uh, really helps with that. And then in terms of being passive or just being lazy, you know, that can apply to any number of things, including my relationship with God. You know, not, not wanting to make the effort to, to meet with him and to really eagerly seek out what he has for me. And so John 15:5 really helps. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me, and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And then also Matthew 7, 24. uh, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice. That's the reminder I I need over and over again. Whoever hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. So those really help. Hmm. Jake, how about you? Well, uh, I'm... I'm definitely a man who needs a whole lot of help. So, uh, so I, I, there's a lot of verses that, that I need help with. But uh, three I just want to highlight. You know, of all the temptations that I face, there's three that, that really stand out as, like, kind of always there. Uh, one is just, uh, just a temptation to stop learning. And then another one is just, just to give up. And another one would just be, to withdraw from people so that my life would be less complicated. There's kind of three things that that vie away. And there's three verses that really help me with that. One, uh, Proverbs 4.13 <clears throat> just says, um, 
take hold of instruction. Do not let go. Guard her, for she is your life. And uh, I remember that several years ago, and it, it, it just became clear to me that, you know, there's, there's things that, that I have to be ready for in the future that I'm not yet ready for, and that's always been true. It's something I've seen. And what I've also seen is that if I don't learn now what I need to, I'm still going to show up there, <laughs> and, uh, and I just won't be who I need to be, and drive, help us this drive for teachability into my life. But that, that verse is, you know, is David, you know, Solomon saying, this is what my dad told me, and uh, it's just, he's just saying, hey, this, you're going to be tempted to let go of this. Don't let go. Your whole life is wrapped up in this, and it's how things play out. So that's, that's something that helps me it's just stay on track. And then... Uh, with giving up, uh, Joshua 1.9, um, you know, it was, it was something God was saying to Joshua right after uh, he took over after Moses, uh, the great leader who did all the amazing things, uh, passed away. And he, God had just told him, I want you to take the promised land. I want you to lead these people in the conquest. And what he tells him is, he says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be, do not uh, tremble or be dismayed. But uh, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And if I were to put that in a paraphrase, it's kind of really what I hear God saying is, "Didn't I tell you to do it? Well, so get a grip. Uh, don't freak out. And we're going to go do this together." And that's really the picture. You know, when I, when I, to the extent that I have the picture in my mind that that um, that I'm not alone and that I know the one I'm with. I really know what he's like. It just everything just becomes a whole lot more possible, mm-hmm. and I can stay in it. And then uh, Isaiah fifty-eight ten and eleven, it's a, a verse that I mentioned a few weeks ago when I was speaking. But it just says, um, "And if you give yourself to the uh, to the hungry and satisfy the desire of the afflicted, then your light will rise in darkness and your gloom will become like midday." And the Lord will continually guide you and give strength to your bones. And he will satisfy your desire in scorched places and make you like a watered garden and like a stream of water whose waters do not fail. And so I know if I'm going to be that kind of person that has that kind of connection with God, then I really I have to be giving my life away to people and helping people. And whenever I feel distant from God, I'm starting to feel disconnected. That's one of the places that I'll look. Is, am, I, am I starting to pull back from people? Because there's something... There's something about when you're connected with people and you're walking with God and he's, he's all that for you where life just kind of rattles and hums and things really kind of go along and, and go well, even though it may be difficult. But uh, So that's just, that's just a picture that, uh, that I got a few years ago, several years ago, and it really helps me stay in there and stay connected. Yeah, that's great, guys. I really appreciate you sharing with us. <laughs> Uh, As we move forward with the expansion, there are crucial things that will stay the same and others will change. What will not change is our mission values. They they will not budge. Why we exist as a church is going to continue to be the reason. This week, uh, August 1st, around this time, is when Cindy and I and our son Thad moved here to start the church in Dimebar 25 years ago in 1987. And so... Uh, when you hit a milestone, you're, you're probably like me. I would imagine you start to go in the wayback machine, and you can you can see things happen. You know, I can see 
driving out here in the U-Haul, landing, you know, getting things started. Um, so I've been going in the Wayback Machine lately. We're going to celebrate this at the end of September. Uh, we're going to have a celebration. But uh, in the Wayback Machine, one of the things I see and remember and am always actually conscious of is the way we used to do our programs, on one side of the program, we would have kind of what's happening that day. On the other side, we would have six emphases that shape our style listed. And so I, I have these these emphases for you. These things are not going to change. This is the way we do things. This is sort of some of the backdrop of why we do what we do and the way we do what we do. Number one, we want all of us, all members, to grow in Christ-likeness in every area of their life, across the board in their life. This is what we're aiming for. We, we want to grow. Like Jeep said, we don't want to stop learning. We want to keep growing. We want to learn how to be husbands and wives and parents and friends and uh, how to handle our finances under the Lord's uh, leadership. Number two, introducing adults to Christ and helping them become fully devoted followers of him. Not to exclude children and youth, of course, but as a primary pattern, we want to help the adults come to Christ and then they can help their family hear about him and know him. This is our centerpiece. This is what church is arranged around, helping adults particularly come to know Christ. Um, Number three, every, every church has things they emphasize, emphases that come to the surface. So this, if you're a guest and you didn't know this about us, you're getting clued in. This is family table talk. This is why we do what we do and how we decide what we're going to do next. Number three, members take responsibility for the ministry and pastoral staff, our player coaches, to equip them. You know, we, we have ministry as well, but our role is really to set the table and equip Lay, lay folks to do the ministry. That's what you see in Scripture. Number five, smaller rather than larger groups being where the majority of church life is carried on. Most of ministry growth happens outside of Sunday mornings in smaller groups of people. And uh, so that's, that's been the case. We've always had that component in church life, and it won't uh, change. Number six, the world mission of the whole church is on our heart. Not just focusing on our own growth. Oh, did I skip number four? Thank you. I skipped number four. Accomplishing biblical results and changing the way we do things in order to achieve them. This is a major change, isn't it? Adding a campus. That's, <laughs> we're trying to accomplish what God's given us to do, and we're multiplying to do that. And then finally, number six, we want to keep our heart set on the whole mission, the bigger picture, not just our own little group here. And so this is why we're going to the trouble of adding the campus. Our eyes set on doing our part to further what God's doing in the world. Colossians 1 says, says it this way. To them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Jesus Christ, it's all about him. He's the hope. He's the one that if people come to know him, life begins to change and, and grow and blossom. Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. This is what we're about. This is what we're aiming to do. You could say it this way. At Church in the Valley, we want to keep getting to know Jesus better. We want to tell everyone we can about him. And we want to encourage all of us 
to grow to maturity in Christ, become more and more like him. So that's what's going to be the same. That will not change. That is rock solid, mission, values, this is who we are. There will be some differences. Things are going to be different. First of all, we're, we're going to have one service on both campuses. We're not going to have two services here at the Diamond Bar campus. It's going to feel like we're shrinking. When, when we finally get to February 17th and the, the crew out there is meeting there and we're meeting here, and on October 7th and November and each month, it's going to feel like, whoa, we're so-and-so. They're, oh, they're at the other campus. That's right. So we're, we're, it's going to feel here like we're shrinking. That's okay. It's okay to feel like we're shrinking. Uh, a major reset of our approach to teams and groups for now is going to have to take place. When you start out in church life, sort of like David who was getting ready to fight Goliath, and he put on Saul's armor. Saul was a big strapping guy. David was a little teenage boy. You're not a boy, but a teenage man. And he clanked around in the armor. He couldn't even hardly move, so he took it off and went to battle anyway. Well, that's in church life, you put one piece of the armor on at a time. And so we're going to need to simplify things. If, if we have less manpower on each campus, we've got to simplify as much as possible to make it work. So the team and format... Uh, the team format and the group format will be different this fall and probably during the spring um, so that we can get our goals accomplished. We're, gonna, we're thinking this through right now. We're making plans. Each campus is going to have unique challenges and opportunities, and there's going to be a, a financial stretch. For instance, here at the Dime Bar campus, we're going to have challenges and opportunities. Well, if you're planning to continue attending here in Diamond Bar, then you might be thinking, that's really nice for the folks that are going to go start the campus in uh, Alhambra. I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to root them on. It's going to be great watching to see what God's going to do through them. Like I mentioned earlier, we hit the go button, not the easy button. And so things, I don't know about you, but when changes are happening, I kind of, some people actually can foresee them. I experience them and go, oh, yeah. That's right. That, that means this is what's happening. Well, one of the things that's happening is uh, one-third of our adult help is going to the adult, the Alhambra campus. And we still need to make things go here in, in Diamond Bar. Most of the young families with kids are in Diamond Bar. There's 83 children in Diamond Bar, 14 children who are going to there. If you do the math, then you realize, wow. We need, we need help in doing right by the kids, helping them figure things out. So it seems best to us to hold one service here in Diamond Bar to simplify things as much as possible as we make these changes. So that's what we're going to do. When the first preview hits in October, when it starts in October, we'd like to fully staff our teams with folks in this area, in the Diamond Bar area from this region. This will free up everyone who's going to be a part of the Alhambra campus, it'll free them up to focus on the core things, uh, trying to let everybody they can know about what's going on, meeting people, including them in the group, because you have about an 18 to 24-month window when people want to be a part of something new. So we want to make the most of that opportunity and do as much outreach and as much uh, uh, including as we can. And so if we can carry the ball beginning October, then that will free folks up 
to get ready for their campus launch and for uh, the including as many people as we can in, in the Alhambra campus. So we've begun planning for this, and you're going to hear uh, likely if, if you're around and you've expressed an interest in serving, if you express an interest in serving today, you'll hear from us and you'll find out the opportunities. There's plenty of opportunities to plug in and help. So here's how you can help. Wherever you're at, take the next step. Wherever you are in your relationship with Christ, wherever you are in your relationship to church in the valley, that's okay. I want to encourage you to consider taking the next step. You may not be ready to turn down a promotion at work to help out with something in the kingdom. That may not make sense to you to, to do that. You may not be willing, ready to consider changing careers like Ben is to, to help make this go. That's okay. That's all right. Wherever you are is where you are. That decision started way back when those guys got serious about following Christ as they took one step, the next step, the next step. The future unfolds that way. That's the way it goes. So wherever you are, ask God if he wants you to take that next step. Take that next step. I, I, I know he does. And if it makes sense to you to do that, we'd love to have you do that. We need men and women who will join up with us to make both campuses go. The, the new campus to flourish and to continue to thrive here in Diamond Bar as well. So that's one way you can help is to step up, pray consistently for God to work through us. We need a worship leader. And some things are becoming clear, but that's we don't know where he or she's come from. We don't know where the worship leader is coming from. Uh, so pray consistently for things to move forward at that at that campus and this campus, and uh, set your heart to serve. If you're considering joining Church in the Valley, we have a preview service coming up that you could attend. Pray through it, and as soon as you get the sense to go, hop in. Put that on the front burner. Joining up as a member opens up a wide range of serving options for you, and it really helps us out. This is a real opportunity we have to get in on what God's doing. We've seen his confirmation that he's in this, and you can get in on what he's doing to help expand the kingdom, and there's a tremendous amount of joy. This is where life happens. This is where the joy comes from. Uh, those opportunities always exist, but they're right in front of us, sort of like Jeep's emails <laughs> that he was looking at. Um, and then finally, give over and above to the effort. Pray about giving to the effort when we're going to be raising funds to help with the startup costs. Uh, pray, start praying now about doing that. Uh, consider increasing your regular giving because there are going to be ongoing costs that we need to take care of. Uh, ask God if he wants you to step that up, both the one-time gift and the on, on, uh, ongoing gifts. If He may want you to increase your percentage if you're growing into a tithe or if you're tithing. He may want you to go beyond that. So pray about that. Give over and above to the effort. You, you can use the envelope that's in the program. If you want to give over and above, there's a box you could mark other and write campus launch in there. And you can give that way. You could take that envelope with you, put it in the mail when you decide to do that. That'd be great. And we'll put that aside. And if you put campus launch on it, it's not going to go to the Dime Bar campus. It'll go to the launch there in the Alhambra campus. So if you would, take out your connection card. Band, would you come on up and get ready? 
If you take out your connection card, we want to get your feedback. we just like to give you an opportunity to tell us, hey, I'm making myself available to serve to make this effort go. That could be a next step. Or I, I plan to give over and above to help this effort. And you don't need to do that today, but just I'm going to pray about this. I'm going to consider it, and I plan to do it. Uh, you can give with the envelope, like I said. Uh, and then we really want your feedback. We're going to take this feedback today and next week. And we may send out an email. Get we, we just need we need to know what your preferences are on these things and what you're going to do, what your decision is. If you could circle the campus you will attend, Alhambra or Diamond Bar, that would begin to help us. If you, I mean, some people may in the, be in the middle, and maybe in you know if you're in Diamond Bar, you want to drive there. That figure out what that's like. <laughs> um, but anyway, the campus you'll attend, circle one of those. Uh, and then the service times, we really need to know this. If you're a guest, we really want to know what your preferences are. We're not going to give the highest priority to the members because we exist for, for people outside of us primarily. And so we really want to know. In Alhambra, 10, 10, 30, or 11, or no preference in Diamond Bar 930, 10, or 1030. What, what would be your preference there? And then please let us know any questions you have about the campus multiplication, what I've talked about today. Let me know, and I'll, I'm going to put together a way to answer those questions so that we can all get in on them. But if you could take that time, that'd be great. The band's going to be playing through uh, a song briefly while you have time to fill out that, that information for us. Let's... Let's pray. God, we thank you for what you're doing among us, for the privilege it is to be a part. And I ask you, Lord, that you would continue to lead us step by step and give us what we need to do what you want us to do. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.